0: Welcome to the Columbia Church Sermon Podcast. We're so excited to share this weekend's message with you from Dr. Jim Boncom, our senior pastor. We hope it encourages you, inspires you, and helps you grow in your faith as a whole life disciple. Enjoy the message. All right, so we've been talking about food for a number of weeks now, and this has been our theme scripture. Read the first part with me. Taste and see that the Lord is what? Is good. Taste and see that the Lord is Good taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, there there are two types of food that you want to share with others. If you'll watch kids, some of you uh, kids who are in the audience, I think you'll get this one. The first kind is the kind that's really, really good, you know. So you go to a great restaurant and and it's new in town. And the first thing you're going to do when you walk away is you're going to tell your friends and your family, all about this place, this new place that's just amazing, or your favorite restaurant that you've eaten at for years, and you're going to tell somebody this is the absolute best, or a new dish that you try, and you're going to give out the recipe, you're going to tell people about it, or something you eat in some place, and you're going to say, hey, taste this, it's, it's really good. So one kind of food you're definitely going to share with others is really good food. But the other kind is really bad food. Have you seen this happen before or have you done it? You taste something that you think is absolutely gross and nasty. And the first thing you're going to do, especially if you're with your buddies, is you're going to turn to them and what are you going to say? Oh, you got to taste this. This is so nasty. This is so awful. This is so bad. Well, I don't want to taste it. You just said it's terrible. No, man, you you got to taste this. It's awful. It's terrible. This is nasty. It's amazing how we will share a culinary experience, really good or really bad. And today I want to wrap this series up because we've shared this weekend. Yesterday at Thanksgiving, shared today as we ran and raised money All through the year, through Spend Yourself, as we do redevelopment in places where people are desperately poor, and we want to make sure that they can care for themselves, we do great work all over the place through Spend Yourself, and we're doing that because we know that God is good, and because we're filled with His goodness, as we just sang. We're lost in His love, and because of that, our story is not just a story of experiencing God's goodness It's a story of sharing God's goodness. In fact, we come to understand that the whole cycle of dependence doesn't really work unless we are in our dependence on God, recognizing that other people are dependent on God through us. That is God's intention, blessing us as bountifully as he does, is that we not only share, but that we serve as conduits of God's goodness, his grace, and his love. That's a privilege an incredible privilege. I was recently with our students and I I asked them a couple of questions. I said, hey, what are your dreams? What are your hopes? What are your visions? We went around the room and people said they wanted to be lawyers and doctors and all sorts of things that they wanted to be, things they had dreamed about. And what about education? What do you dream about? And they started to talk about their college education. I said, what about income? How much do you want to make? Oh man, the numbers they threw out. Some of you parents, your kids are going to be able to take care of you if they do as well as they want to do. I asked them, well, what do you think it would take for you to be in, let's say, the top 10% of global population? How much would you have to earn? Now, if I asked you that question, what number would you throw out? You'd probably say, I'd probably need to earn a million dollars, a year, something like that, in order to be in the top 10% of the global population population. I said to them, what if I told you that if you earn $40,000 a year, that will put you in the top 10% of global population? I said, but all of you probably want to be middle class, right? They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, some of them didn't. Some of them said upper. Nobody said lower. All of them said middle or higher. So I said, let's say that you want to be in the median of the world's population. So middle class would mean right in the middle. So what do you think you'd have to earn a week to be in the upper 50% of the world's population? Well, the numbers started to fly. Maybe 20,000, they said. Maybe 25. I mean, the first number had chastened them. They'd come to understand they live in a fantasy world, a dream world, if they live here. They'd come to understand they're nothing like people in the world. So their numbers were much more chastened, much more careful, cautious. 25,000, they said, something like that. So what if I told you that if you make $20 a week, that would put you in the upper 50% of the world's population? What? What? They couldn't believe it. They were floored, but I'm going to tell you that if you make $20 a week, that puts you in the upper 50% of the world's population. What about now? Do you think we live in a dream world, a fantasy world, some kind of unreal place, some kind of strange? It doesn't even make sense. You go to a place like Haiti, you go to a place like Zambia, you meet with people who are there, people you're helping, they can't even fantasize. A world like you live in. And when I say fantasize, I mean simple things like I have a place to go to the bathroom that's clean. I drink clean water every single time. Every time I have food to eat. There's so much food in my refrigerator, I could feed the whole room right here. That's what most of you would say. I could feed everybody. And that's the point, is if God blesses us so abundantly, it's not just so that we can see God is good. It's so that through us, everyone can see that God is good. Our spend-yourself scripture is Isaiah chapter 58. This is where we drew the name spend-yourself for this development ministry that we have. Isaiah 58, 6 through 12, the prophet writes, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? Interesting, it should be in the context of eating that, that he talks, isn't it? Isn't this the kind of a fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every single yoke. It is, is it not to share your food with the hungry? Isn't that what I've called you to, God says? Isn't this your real Righteousness. Isn't this your real love of God? You're dependent on me. You know I'm good. Now you be good in my name. Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide food, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. By the way, who is your flesh and blood? That's everyone on planet earth. Created like you, hungry just like you, thirsty just like you. By the way, don't these words sound a lot like Jesus later? I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Where do you think he gets these ideas from the constant witness of the scripture about what God says. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, I'm right here, I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger, with malicious talk, and if you what? Spend yourselves. If you what? Spend yourselves. If you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry, And satisfy the needs of the oppressed. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like noonday." The Lord will guide you always. He'll satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. And you'll be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets and dwellings. That's what we are. We're repairers of walls, restorers of dwellings. Through spend yourself. You and I have the opportunity not just to be blessed by God, not just to know that God is good, but to be good in God's name and that others should know that he is good too. We live in a fantasy world, a dream world. We are more abundantly blessed than any generation in any place in the history of the world. But we lose perspective a little too often, and we forget that what it's really all about is that all the people that God has created should know that He is good. And if they find that out through us, more's the better. It was our privilege. There are three things I want you to know about spend yourself very quickly because once in a while I think, I think these need to be thrown out. There are three core principles we base the development and spend yourself on, and here they are. First of all, just read them with me. Focused, right rather than quick. We do things right, not quick. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes long-term commitment, relationship, not one year, but 10 years, 20 years, 100 years, whatever it takes, we stay in place. We have relationships with people that exist for a long period of time because it takes time to see a change. But, man, if you went to Haiti at the beginning of our work in the village where we first worked and you went at the end, the difference was amazing. Interesting, we didn't build any churches. They built them with the money they were making from the new sugar cane factories. We didn't build any houses. They built them with the money they were making from the gardens and the farms. We didn't build anything. We made it possible for them to thrive and for them to go to bed at night feeling a sense of accomplishment about what they were able to do for their communities and their families. We do it focused. We do it right rather than quick. Second, read it with me transformative, outcome-based inputs. That means that we measure what we do by its effectiveness in creating change in the community. Third, and this is most important, I think, just, just for us means our best, for the other's good. The question is not what makes us feel good. The question is not what is good for us. We have plenty. The question is what is good for the people that we serve in Jesus' name. What a privilege it is to be a part of Spend Yourself. All of this is part of this virtuous cycle of dependence because when we recognize that we're fully dependent on God, it all belongs to Him. He gives it to us for a reason, not just so we'll know He's good, but so others through us will know that He's good. Once we know that we're dependent, we love the opportunity to give away what God gives to us. Because our greatest need at the end of the day is to love and be loved by God. Years ago, uh, I was involved in a church that did another kind of a mission project, and we were involved in a place called Foz de Iguaçu, Brazil. Have you ever been there? I mean, it's, it's the most beautiful place that no one around here has ever heard of. It's really a remarkable—the largest falls in the world, waterfalls in the world are there. I mean, miles and miles and miles, as far as you can look, of these, these, these falls, they're absolutely incredible and beautiful. Once upon a time, this was a big tourist destination. But it became a difficult place to go, and not many see it now. It is one of the natural wonders of the world. And in this area, a, a lot of poverty had become the norm. We call it the three frontiers. And there's a lot, of, a lot of bad activity that happens in this area. And we became invested and involved, much like Spend Yourself, or similar to Spend Yourself, in Fosdwig with Sioux. So there were two missionaries there. Bob was the name of the man who was the missionary, and Joyce. And and when we worked with them, we would ask them each time we'd come, hey, what do you need from the United States? What do you miss most? Every single time they said the same thing. I'm going to ask these children to guess. If you are away from this country for a long, long time, and I call you on the phone and I say, I'll bring you anything that you want, what would you ask for? What would you ask for? What? What did I hear? McDonald's? McDonald's? No, they can get McDonald's there. It's not that. Peanut butter. Peanut. Peanut, They can get Nutella. Peanut butter. What they wanted was peanut butter. I go, how much peanut butter do you want? They said, how much can you bring? (laughs) Uh, So we took up a little collection of peanut butter. We said, everybody just bring peanut butter and, and we'll take it with us. And I carried an enormous suitcase full. Do you know how heavy a suitcase of peanut butter is? I paid the overage for it to go with us. And when I went to them, I carried this enormous suitcase of peanut butter to them. And I'm saying the whole way, talking to Debbie, she's with me. I'm going, what is, of all the things you could bring, why peanut butter apparently that's just something you crave when you can't get it who knew but anyway we go to see them we take this peanut butter we walk in and before they could even hug us and say hi to us they went oh they <laughs> pick it up they open it up they go oh look it's it's full of peanut butter peanut butter's nothing to me i don't even usually like it sometimes i crave it i can get it anywhere I can buy it at the 7-Eleven if it's not available at the grocery store. I can get peanut butter anywhere. It means absolutely nothing to me. It's shocking to me to hear that people who have none want it so badly and to watch them dive into it when I take it. Oh, the joy of taking peanut butter from the people in my church to those people in Fas do Iguaçu, Brazil, who craved it. The problem is, We have such abundance, it means nothing to us. Anything you want, too much choice. Anything you want to eat, you can have it. Any place you want to get it, you can get it. You never once worry that you can't walk into a store or a restaurant or whatever and pull out a piece of plastic or a piece of green money and pay for it. You don't even worry about that. It means nothing to you. Abundance has become for us so normative that it no longer shocks us just how truly good God is. But let me tell you something, if you took just what you had for breakfast this morning, those simple pancakes, a piece of sausage or whatever, and you handed it to a number of the people that we see in places that we go, that would be enough to feed them not even for a day but for a couple. This is This is incredible to people who don't have. Your abundance that you take for granted, it's everything to people God is seeking to bless through you. There's not a food problem on planet Earth, at least not right now. There's a distribution problem. Nobody needs to be hungry. Nobody needs to be thirsty. It is possible for us to care for those who have so much less than we, or do they? Is it possible they have just as much as we do, but they don't know it and we don't either? Is the problem that it's in your pocket? Is that it? That God meant to bless people through you, but somehow the food chain stopped at your stomach. Somehow God's chain of abundance, His chain of provision, His goodness stopped at your belly and your tongue. And when we stop God's goodness, we forget how good He is too. Nothing ever will teach you how good God is, like when He is good through you, not just to you. And that's why it is a joy and it is a privilege to spend ourselves on behalf of the hungry. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Pray with me, would you? Father, we've been abundantly blessed by this time together. We thank you for everything that you offer to us and that you offer through us. And we pray that we might be your channels of blessing and abundance in a world full of brokenness and war and pain and strife. May others know that you're good because you filled us with your goodness. Thank you for the opportunity to love you and be loved by you. We are eternally grateful. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's close this service just by singing the doxology together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. So, my friends, we are all new, all in, and all out. You go and ignite passion for Jesus Christ from Metro Washington to the world. Have a blessed Thanksgiving, and we'll see you in Advent. Hey, thanks again for listening. If you live in the Metro DC area, we would love to worship with you at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about all the incredible things happening at Columbia, go to columbiabaptist.org. That's columbiabaptist.org.